0: Welcome to HR in 15, a podcast dedicated to addressing the complexities of modern HR in just 15 minutes. Brought to you by Prestige PEO, simplifying HR.
1: Hi, and welcome to another episode of HR in 15. I'm Jacqueline McGrath, Human Resources Business Partner at Prestige PEO, and your host today. We are joined by Catherine Matisse, founder and CEO of Civility Partners. Catherine is a strategic HR consultant who assists organizations in building positive cultures through HR practices. Catherine is a widely recognized thought leader in human resources, and she is passionate about employees' responsibility to create the opportunity and environment for employees to thrive. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us on season three of HR and 15.
0: Thank you for having me. Always happy to talk about things I'm passionate about.
1: Excellent. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and what inspired you to create Civility Partners? Sure.
0: I was the director of human resources for a small uh, company here in San Diego that's not around anymore. But uh, in that experience or that position, found myself working with another director who I would say was uh, engaging in bullying behavior. He yelled a lot. He micromanaged, even if you didn't work in his department. He, I felt was insubordinate to the president, even. Oh my God. And yeah. So it, he was frustrating. And I personally felt targeted by him. He, he definitely went after me. Um, but then also, you know, he targeted others. And so as HR, I was dealing with their complaints as well. And so it was pretty exhausting to experience this as a person and then also as the organizational representative. And I really witnessed firsthand how damaging this behavior is. And while I was working there, I decided to get a master's degree in human communication and ended up doing all of my graduate research on workplace bullying. Um, my very first semester, I you know, had to write a paper on something kind of negative in human interaction and um, decided to focus on my work situation. And I joke, I have a master's degree in um, workplace bullying because of all of the research I did in grad school and then started <laughs> disability partners from there.
1: Got it, okay, excellent. And um, tell me a little bit about some of the uh, the coaching work that you do. Yep, so
0: Civility Partners does a couple things. One is training, lots of training on things like bystander intervention, um, you know, respect and civility at work. We also do workforce surveys and then helping organizations make change from those surveys. And then uh, definitely coaching is one of my personal favorites. So I specialize in executive coaching for leaders who engage in bullying behavior. They've often been accused of a hostile work environment. And after an investigation, you know, it was found, it's not technically a hostile work environment by the (laughs) legal definition, but it's still a hostile work environment. (laughs) And this person needs to make change.
1: All right, well, thank you so much for sharing that information. Today, we're going to discuss the importance of psychological safety in the workplace. So if you wouldn't mind, can you please give us an explanation of what psychological safety means?
0: Yes. Psychological safety is the belief that you will not be punished or humiliated for speaking up with your ideas or questions or concerns or mistakes. It, it means that you feel free to be your whole and true self.
1: Okay. Excellent. Um, thank you for that definition. I understand that psychological safety really has been a top A hot topic in the business world recently. Why is psychological safety important? How does it affect the workplace?
0: Yeah, great question. Um, You know, over time, as I've been studying psychological safety more and more, I'm starting to feel like it's the key to life because you cannot be your best self unless you feel comfortable to be your true self. And so if you think about an organization that's not psychologically safe, it means that the managers perhaps are defensive when someone has an idea or that there's or sarcastic comments or that uh, when I'm in meetings, I, I get interrupted a lot by that serial interrupter. We've all we all know 1 of those. Um, that I fear if I ask a question that I could be shamed for that question or, you know, there's some sort of consequence. Um, And so, we often think about something like bullying or harassment. Obviously, it's not psychologically safe when we have that, you know, kind of harsh above the top or over the top type of behavior. But it's also not psychologically safe in an environment where these more I'm going to say minor with air quotes happen so if somebody's at the receiving end of something like being interrupted that you know that hurts psychological safety and so if you think about the consequences of that then i can't be my best self if i'm interrupted all the time in meetings i i can't be my best self if i feel like there's microaggressions happening around you know because i'm a woman for example um so that hurts the organization because I'm not giving the organization my best self. I'm not being as innovative as I could possibly be. I'm not giving customers the care that, you know, I could be giving if I was psychologically safe. So organizations can really create a psychologically safe environment by, you know, making sure people are accountable for bad behavior so that if there's an unkind comment or um, a microaggression or an interruption or any of those, you know, an, an, a little nasty email that it's addressed right away to say, Hey, that we don't do that here at this workplace. Um, and so, it, you know, like I said, even manager defensiveness, that's a, a, a seemingly minor thing. But if somebody's defensive every time you bring an idea, you're not going to bring ideas anymore. And now you've lost out on their, their ideas, something that could change the trajectory of the company (laughs) so that's my answer
1: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah you'd be losing the the value that they would be adding to your organization Mm -hmm. um so i i completely understand i uh you know as an hr business partner working with clients who uh at times you know might come to me asking for advice you know we recommend uh similar things you know having a an open door policy and and often, too, uh, you know, when there are managers that um, need to be managed on their their soft skills, you know, we would refer them possibly to reach out to their EAP or, you know, to someone like yourself with excellent uh, uh, consulting and coaching services.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, you know, I want to add to to what you just said that most of the time, you know, when we go into organizations and 80% of our clients have called us because there's a problem. They've noticed um, You know, there's harassment or bullying or turnover or lack of engagement, um, so they're a bit in, in crisis mode. But all of those organizations have a few things in common, one of which is their managers have never been told that they're accountable for behavior in themselves and in others and they've never been given the tools to hold people accountable so everybody you know we you're good at your job you get promoted to be a manager and then you're supposed to be good at managing Um, but unless unless that manager's been told hey in addition to holding people accountable for performance and results and all the things that you were good at when you were in that role and now you're a manager, we also need you to hold people accountable for the right kind of behavior. So, you can coach poor performance and you can coach poor behavior, um, but for whatever reason, a lot of organizations, um, it's like, you know, it's the unsaid rule. Of course, you're a manager, you're expected to manage performance. But that piece of behavior is often lost, and that's a real risk factor. So another commonality we see with our clients is they're not using their core values, which kind of cracks me up. You know, I'll go into an organization, and their core values are inclusivity and respect and customer service and things. And I'm thinking, well, I wouldn't be here if you were actually using those, leaning
1: on them. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, they don't. They don't just do. A, uh, just apply to you know the 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 customers or or their service. It should also apply in how they treat each other.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Okay. And with uh, psychological safety, is is this is this very is this a prevalent topic? Is it? Do you see it common?
0: No, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. I don't so you know I've been looking at psychological safety for a long time I've been looking at there's a ton of research on workplace bullying um and and harassment from around the world for the last 40 years That phrase got popular with Google they released some research they had done internally on their own teams and I think I'm gonna say 2018 but don't quote me on that um where you know, they had said uh, after looking at all of their teams, they figured out the highest performing teams, the number one trait that they had was psychological safety. And that's why they were high performing, right? that they did feel free to share crazy ideas. They did feel comfortable to really be themselves to execute on their projects um, and get things done and ask questions and all of that. Um, So, Google kind of made it a popular phrase. But if you think about all of the things that HR does, psychological safety should be a key component of that and i'm not sure why it's not we have a lot of work to do to, to make it more more of a, a key component to all of the things that we do if you're doing dei work and you're not talking about psychological safety openly then you're missing a piece if you're talking about employee health and well-being and mental mental health if you're not talking about psychological safety you're missing a piece so i think it's really important for hr to really start looking at that phrase and how they can start incorporating it into the things that they're doing.
1: Catherine, I couldn't agree more. Psychological safety definitely has to be more uh, prevalent and advocated for in human resources. So obviously in HR, uh, we are forced to measure everything. Our senior leadership team is always wanting metrics, metrics, metrics. So how, how do you measure psychological safety?
0: Great question. I think a lot of organizations are not measuring it currently. So, you know, you can't ask the specific question, are you psychological, psychologically safe? I mean, maybe you could, but that would be a, a, akin to asking, are you engaged or not? You know, cause we're doing our employee engagement <laughs> surveys. So it's a matter of asking other questions that get at psychological safety. So for example, when we do, surveys for our clients some of the questions we ask are the statements that people are reading are um you know i'd feel comfortable speaking to my manager if i felt mistreated or i would feel comfortable talking to a peer if i felt they had mistreated me um, I would feel comfortable going to HR with a complaint, you know, so, or, or, I trust leadership. So there's a lot of types of statements that we're having people rate in our surveys that get at psychological safety. Um, and while we're on the topic of surveys, I just wanted to point out something else I see HR um, miss when they're doing surveys often. HR thinks So we're going to do a survey. We want to, you know, employee engagement. That's the thing these days. Let's measure that right now. The thing is health and wellbeing, right? Or mental, mental health. And so right. you're going to be maybe looking for a survey that focuses specifically on that topic. Keep in mind that if you're doing a survey, you're a social scientist. That means you need to have a, a research question before you go and implement a survey. So if the question is how engaged are our employees, then you should use an employee engagement survey. If the question is, um, you know, are employees feeling like they're mentally health, healthy and and that we care about their well-being, then you should use the survey related to that. Um, but so just be careful when you're when you're looking at survey questions, is it really getting at exactly what you want to get at? So we do what we call climate assessments, which looks at lots oh. of things, engagement. Internal communication processes, um, you know trust in leadership, job satisfaction, inclusivity so so that we can see psychological safety in all of those areas. Um, but just just kind of wanted to put that out there too that when you're doing a survey, make sure it's asking the the things that you want to know
1: about. Okay, great. I like that a climate survey. And uh, obviously, once you get the results, it's important to <laughs> review them and maybe take action. <laughs> You know, a lot of times I I unfortunately have seen uh, no action, no, nothing being done from the feedback provided. And that's, that's sad. So we definitely want um, uh, companies to be accountable with the surveys that they put out and actually uh, using something with those results
0: yes absolutely and that that's something that we do we, we you know it's hard to look at data and, and figure out action steps especially if you work in in there right so we, mm-hmm. we as a outside party are able to look at it more objectively to say all right well 80 percent of people said they wouldn't recommend you as a place to work you know what or 80 percent of people said they don't trust leadership what why and then we can look at the other questions and help determine an action plan um and so that's something too with your surveys be sure that the survey questions or the statements that people are rating are actionable don't ask generic questions that you can't in turn do something with and that will help um help you figure out you know Mm -hmm. help you take those results and turn them into an action
1: item well that's great advice catherine thank you so much for sharing this with our listeners Catherine will be returning for our next episode, where we will discuss action steps for creating an environment where people thrive. So be sure to tune in. In the meantime, you can find more information about Catherine and Civility Partners at www.civilitypartners.com. And you can listen to more episodes of HR in 15 at www.hrin15.com. Thanks for tuning in.
0: For questions or more information on today's topic, visit prestigepeo.com.